You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Okay, hands up if you feel like you need some rhythms in your life. Maybe you find yourself running in circles trying to accomplish something or honestly just trying to survive. You have different strategies, you have different goals, you have a plan, but maybe what's lacking is the intention and the rhythm behind it. Well, I have something for you. Today's special guest, Rebecca Lyons, is going to join us to give us an insight on how to create rhythms in our life, which is perfect timing, especially with a new year right around the corner, holidays coming up, lots of things that we're trying to wrap up and finish, but also lots of newness that we're hoping to start and cultivate. I call Rebecca the queen of rhythm. She has a best-selling book that was released last fall called Rhythms of Renewal, training stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. She outlines four simple rhythms inside this book, rest, restore, connect, and create. And they've radically changed her life and brought sustained emotional health to herself after experiencing a few years of panic. To a companion for this book, she just released a beautiful journal to help put those rhythms into practice. It's called Rhythms for Life Planner and Journal. It's a 90 days guide to peace and purpose. She says it best that it's not a to-do list, but rather an undo list. And it's all about quieting the inner chaos and making room to actually flourish in life. Y'all, this is totally for me. And I have a feeling there's someone else out there that this is for as well. Life has been insane, but I want to create an environment and a community that champions each other to cultivate purpose and intention through these types of rhythms. So if that's you and you want to jump on board with me, then continue listening to this conversation with Rebecca Lyons. Well, hey, Rebecca, welcome to Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, here's one thing that I know about myself right now is I really need like a girlfriend pep talk on creating rhythms in my life. I love (laughs) it. And so I was like, who better to do that than the queen of rhythms herself, Rebecca Lyons? (laughs) I have not heard that title yet, but I... Um, I'm digging it. <laughs> the queen you of rhythm. Just take it. The queen of rhythm. <laughs> well, you know the funny backstory is I was a drum major in high school, and no um, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not drum major doesn't play drums. For those who do not understand marching band culture, um, I played trumpet. But actually, I was in charge of keeping the band in rhythm. Isn't that hilarious? Totally. Like you're it literally the, you're keeping people in sync. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm marching ahead of them. I'm directing them from a podium. Like that was my whole and I think God is just laughing right now. Like, hey, you never thought that you'd actually be the rhythm queen down the road. Right. <laughs> Here you are. And now you're a drum major to a lot of people. Apparently. <laughs> Still <laughs> or pointing us to the bigger drum major. Do you know what I mean? There yeah. you go. You know, there and you, here's an even a funnier story is that our band name was called the Royal Ambassadors. And if you think about Stop. it, scripture, right? A Christian school. I mean, we had, we, you know, you can only expect the cheesy names. But when you think about now that we're a royal priesthood, we're strangers and aliens in a foreign land, like we are royal ambassadors, kind of 
um, in the kingdom of God, dwelling in the kingdom of man. I mean, come on. Right. You can't make this stuff up. It's funny. Come on. God's so cool. Little God winks. I know? know. I know. It's fun. Any day that you're like, what am I doing? He's like, something special. Remember uh, <laughs> these little few things? <laughs> Except I'm not wearing satin knickers now with sequins down the side. That's... But, but praise God. But <laughs> yeah, you know, at some point we can change at some it up. Point. Yeah, that's right. That is so right. I am so excited for this conversation. But before we jump in, I want you to kind of give a little spiel about who you are to our friends listening that might just know you as the author behind the book, because there's so much more to who you are. Yeah, because drum major. I mean, that was that was that was (laughs) this fun fact. That was bonus. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I goodness, I was born in Florida and lived there most of my life, my my adolescence until 18 met my husband in college in Virginia, and um, we landed in Atlanta. Once we got married, had three beautiful babies there for 13 years. God took us to New York City for almost five years from there, because like you do, I guess. Um, And now we've been in Nashville six years. So that was more of a geography um, perspective of my life. But um, we have four children, ranges almost 20 ages, so 20 almost 18, 15, and seven. We we adopted Joy, our seven-year-old, two years ago from China. She has a Down syndrome diagnosis. And my almost 20-year-old has a Down syndrome diagnosis, so we call them our bookends. And my husband and I partner in all of life, or we would not be alive right now. (laughs) I'm like, how do we even do this stuff? Um, So we co-parent we co-labor. We um, co-founded this nonprofit that we run called Q Ideas, and it's all about cultural engagement. Um, what does faithfulness look like when culture feels lost? And we kind of convene annually around arts, media, government, policy, education, social sector. And, and then my own work is really more in the last decade of writing and teaching, creating podcasts and communities and retreats and just... It's all the things. It's a thing, you know, but what I've learned is none of this can happen apart from rhythm. Like there's rhythms for this, there's rhythms for that. And you certainly can't do it all at the same time. No. And if you don't know it, you'll learn that quickly. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because some of us, I can say even me sometimes feel like I still try to force myself into just like figuring it out when I'm realizing I'm working a lot harder than I'm working smarter. And Mm -hmm. these rhythms that can come into place, the four that you have to talk about specifically, I feel like can save you a lot of time and emotional energy to give you the margin to do the bigger things, like kingdom building things we've been called to do. Mm -hmm. That if you're so caught up with like hustle and trying to make it work and just saying yes to everything and not taking care of your emotional energy and your emotional health and Things mm-hmm. can get a little tricky. Yeah. I mean, I have to practice what I preach. I remember when this first Rhythms of Renewal book came out a year ago, and now we have the planner that just came out to, as a way to like live it actionable, like an ash, actionable plan of what yeah. you read. Um, I just remember interview after interview going, how do you actually practice the rhythms right now when you're in the middle of crazy town and book launch yeah. mode and like launching a community and all of that? So um What I just know to be true is that repentance means to take a hard stop. It means to make a hard stop to that behavior or the action that you were doing. It's not about like just confessing and asking forgiveness, but it means actionable change is required for it to be real. And so 
for me, repentance has been more of a hard stop in my life to go, oh, Rebecca, you have like chest pains or you shallow breathing or you have sleepless nights. That means you need to make a hard stop to whatever it is you're saying yes to during the day because your body is loud and it's Mm -hmm. telling you that you have physical symptoms of stress right now. And it could literally be from all good things, but good things that pile up and compile and compile means that it's still used by the enemy as a tool to destroy you. That's right. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. I feel like a lot of us, when we have stories like these, it comes from moments behind the scenes or like we say behind here, behind the bliss Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, wow, it really took Rebecca going through X, Y, Z to figure out, yeah, that's not going to work for me. And so I kind of want to hear what journey you had to go through to really start valuing rests and rhythms in your life. Yeah. Just saying yes too much and having panic disorder for almost two years or a year and a half, I guess. And then even now, knowing my body well enough to read it, to know like, oh, you are, you have shallow breathing today. That's what physical symptoms of panic look like to me now. Um, It's not that I never have it. I don't have it often, but when I do have it, I, I pay attention. I'm like, okay, I haven't actually moved my body today at all. Like I, you know, it snowed last night. And well, I say snow loosely. We're in Nashville. <laughs> I saw the flurries. Those were fun. It was a heavy dusting, if you will. That's right. Yeah. Um, but it's cold. And for whatever reason, I just decided I did not want to walk our trail today. And I did not take time to do Pilates, which I typically do in the morning. So today is one of those days where my body's going, um, you're not actually taking care of me. Um, so I'm going to act out. So I noticed it, um, with my second cup of coffee that my, my breathing got a little, um, shallow. And I said, Gabe, I haven't had this in a while, partly too much coffee and not enough activity. So it's, it's almost like a daily rhythm of auto correcting. So you have the, those small micro signals, then you have massive signals. If you ignore those over a long period of time that turn into a loss of passion, a loss of relationship, loss of friendship, isolation, you know, if you let all those chronic micro signals, um, um, be avoided or ignored, then you will have burnout and burn. So, so these, so your body usually physically responds as an act of, um, caution to say, Hey, pay attention, pay attention. It's a red flag. Right. Um, And so that's symptoms of burnout, but it's not burnout, but real burnout, like legit burnout to the fullness will often not let you return to the work you used to do. It's, it's so debilitating. So praise God, I haven't had that, but I have come close and I have paid attention. Like I remember three years ago saying, I think I've lost my passion. What in the world? Good grief. Scary. Well, yeah. I remember telling my mother, um, I was so tired. I had worked so hard for so many years, traveling, teaching, and I like I'm like oozing passion. I, I'm never not all in, and just about to flatline. And that's where the Lord um, just said, "Get off social media for three months. Get offline. Get off everything." Um, and that was the beginning of my healing. Um, wow. Yeah. So you just have to take it seriously, but that's right. But this has been another year of output, shockingly, Um, (laughs) (laughs) because with COVID, you would have thought everything stopped. But what I did instead was pivot hard. I was supposed to be in 30 cities. I made it through seven of them as of March 8th. 
And instead said, oh, well, let's start an online community where I, I do live coaching every Monday and let's do our podcast for our community. Let's do two retreats. Let's, let's do, I mean, all of a sudden it turned into like a bunch of things. And then all of a sudden here I am in December going, yeah, um, you are still going to yet again have to do a hard stop of something um, because you can't even write. I can't write um, from the heart when I'm so busy going. Like it's just, right. you can't, one, something will pay the price. That's right. And so it's just never going to end. I think part of leadership is, is you ta um, taking inventory, which is the first chapter of my book, taking inventory every three months, not even every year. It's not enough. You have to take it every season because every season will demand something different of you. Wow. That's good. I think that too, yes, like there have been so many times in my life where I feel like I'm I'm healthy, I'm good, I'm rock and rolling, things are going great. And then something happens, uncertainty, a pivot, if you will, like one that I didn't choose, pivot. Um, and it forces me to change directions. And I think without rhythms already in place, you can find yourself in a really like scattered and panicked situation where then it is really hard to backtrack from that place. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love what you have to say and the things the things that you write and you encourage us to do, which is to have these rhythms in place so that when these things happen, not if, because they do, when these things happen, you can now respond in more of a gracious way, but then also in a way that you're like, okay, I can still do this. Thank you, Lord. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a grace. You're right. It's absolutely a gift because it, the pivot and the interruption of God will never stop. Praise God. And the reason why is because it's his way of going, do you trust me? Or are you starting to trust the thing you've built or established or set up? Are you starting to trust yourself and your capabilities over what I gift you? All of this is my grace and my gift to you for you to steward, not for you to control. That's right. I want to hear what kind of rhythms do you have set up in your life? Oh my goodness. A lot of them are just a daily cadence, right? So if you think about rest, restore, connect, and create... I mean it. I mean, um, rest has to have a morning routine without fail. Without yeah, you said Pilates. Well, okay, so that's more walk. of the restore with rhythm. Okay, but okay. the rest rhythm in the morning routine. There's a uh, morning routine chapter in the rest that begins um, journal, prayer, uh, some sort of liturgy, gratitude, um, um, scripture reading, and writing. So there's four things I do each morning, um, and then physically, what do I eat, drink? And how do I move my body um, in the morning to establish? So, so you got your your heart health, which is the rest mm -hmm. rhythm in the morning, and then you also have your your physical health, which is your body. And those two are the input rhythms, which is why they need to come early in the day because you actually cannot have these output rhythms that I'm doing right now at work, which is connecting and creating. Um, vocationally and in relationship with the people that I love, like working together. I can't do those if I didn't get the input rhythms first. So not only is this a metaphor for life, like you can't give what you haven't received. That's at very tangibly true of the first hours of the day and the last 15 hours of the day. You still can't give what you haven't received. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> I can't give what I haven't received. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. And then you have the connect and the create, which I think like for me, I love creating so much and I love connecting too, but I feel like my connection has gone down. There's been some like <laughs> some digression because I just had to find more creative ways to connect with people. Yeah. It's been a because, hard year. 
It's been practically impossible to connect. Yeah. It's been a year of isolation and 90% of communication is nonverbal, which means you have to be in the room, the same room. Or even if you are, can't be be wearing a mask because I can't see half your face. It's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's been the great depression of 2020 has been the isolation itself. And people aren't often taking that as seriously as they're taking masks seriously, yet I think it's actually critical for life in the same way, you know, um, you're going to at some point have to risk to connect with people because your livelihood, your mental health is contingent upon it. Um, God made us a communal people because he's a communal God and we literally cannot exist without being with one another. And that's not, that doesn't mean zoom. That doesn't mean podcast. That means in the same room, in embrace, in being able to reach out and like touch their hand. Yes. Eye contact. Yes. That's why Mm -hmm. in the connect rhythm, I talk so much about the power of physical touch and how when you hold a hug for three to five seconds, a dopamine is released in your brain, which emits the feelings of connection and belonging. Like I belong here. I am known here. I am seen without shame in the absence of shame so that I can create something beautiful. Like if we don't have that constantly happening in our lives, we will wither. We will. So we've got to be aware of that. We've got to take that just as seriously as the spread of a virus. That's good. That's good. I totally skipped over it, but I want to hear your restore too, because the Pilates sounded lots of fun. (laughs) What are other ways we can find restoration? I would say get outside as much as you humanly possible. God gave us, you know, CO2 and oxygen and, um, you know, plant life, animal life, because we are supposed to take dominion. We're supposed to cohabitate with that. So it's not just about going to the gym. I mean, that's fine and great. It's still good. You're still releasing serotonin through an elevated heart rate, but you have to get outside. You have to. So um, I noticed I had seasonal depression in Atlanta when it got cold because I never went outside. Then we moved to New York City, and I write about this in the chapter called Take a Walk in the Restore Rhythm, how I had to go walk to the gym three blocks and two blocks to the right every morning, and it was down to 11-degree temps. And that was the first winter in my whole adult life that I did not not have seasonal depression. And it's because I walked through it. You know, like the the actual practice of movement – releases that serotonin, which is that happy hormone. And it gives you a sense of goodwill, positivity, positivity, momentum. Um, you, you, you come out of a brisk walk in the cold and you are revived, especially if it just snowed and the air is purified. That's right. There's a, yeah. there's a clean air. Now you don't want to do it. You are always happy that you did it. That's so true. And like the lacing of the tennis shoes sometimes is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. But then getting back inside from it, you're like, wow, I can t- even tell in my own self, like I'm breathing deeper. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my time. I'm feeling healthier. So yeah, I can totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it basically this afternoon since I missed it this morning. You your, body, your body will tell you. <laughs> it will literally tell you. Yeah, I bet. And also it just is sad. I mean, I, I have been in my house for whole days at a time and then it's dark outside and you're like man I feel like I missed something it almost it almost kills me and I think what I've learned in being such um, a fanatic about rhythm is that I can't actually this is terrible to all the employers out there I can't sit in an office all day without like walking around the block multiple times 
during yeah. any, like maybe lunch we walk we walk to grab a coffee we walk to just have a conversation we just get outside um, especially for us when it gets dark early um, those of you who go further north um, yeah. and you're looking at you know like the the darkness descending at 4 30 or 5 you better get outside before that happens or the night's gonna be miserable it's just sad it's not what we were made for and it's going to, it just requires um diligence and prudence uh f- not for our survival i think we can possibly survive but i ultimately if you're not growing you're dying so i i believe that the intentionality of rhythm directly is contingent on whether you are thriving or not in life and it's good this is one of the hardest things for me to do in my opinion is just like sitting still with my thoughts and being able to walk through these four rhythms, but without distraction. Cause I think that's the key too. It's like, I could technically like take my walk. Right. But then like, what am I being consumed with during my walk? Or, you know, I could do all these other really great things, but I think that also the enemy comes still kill and destroy and like sneak himself into these situations and moments Mm -hmm. to where we walk away from doing the practice, but we don't feel fulfilled like we had anticipated. And so I want to hear maybe your encouragement to someone who is wanting to apply these rhythms um, in silence or stillness or just honestly intention that are are having a hard time finding Mm -hmm. themselves doing it because... Maybe they've done it and they're like, it doesn't work, but they might have just been distracted. Yeah. Well, I do think there's a lot to be said for noise. Um, so outer order will create inner order. And um, I'm a little higher on the introvert scale than I am the extrovert. Um, and so that means I don't like loud noises as much. The older you get, you naturally become more introverted, actually. It's like proven. Um, wow. That's why old people are like, turn the music down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, like a lot of piles and clutter just make me a little crazy. I just need simplicity. I'm always trying to clean out a closet somewhere because it's just too much noise, too much chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also practically what that means is if I go for a walk, I do not typically listen to a podcaster. I used to. But I find now I just really need the quiet. I need to just talk to God. Um, Or I'll go with my husband and we'll talk some. Or go with a girlfriend and we'll talk and we'll connect. But sometimes if it's just me, I can do worship every once in a while if I'm doing it in a daily rhythm and I'm like, it's, but if I haven't been in a while, I need quiet. And the quiet, honestly, honestly, there's a chapter in the rest rhythm of the book, Rhythms of Renewal, that it's called Get Quiet. And it says, um, silence the noise and how when you silence the noise you can examine the heart that's when you actually hear that still small voice prompting you and revealing some things so if i would say if you're finding you're trying to do the rhythms in a frenetic way and check it off the list it's literally going to backfire but if you're unpiling from your day like all the things that are just constantly loud and noisy you'll find you're actually living in rhythm better because what you're incorporating is quiet, which allows your body to tell you and allows the Holy Spirit to tell you what you're lacking, what you need, um, yeah. who to reach out to, you know, where the filling needs to come from. So silence to me now as an extrovert, I'm sorry, introvert, um, silence is so life-giving, but even for my husband, who's extrovert all the time, he will readily say he is way more healthier. It takes more discipline for him, but he's far more um, 
less, far less reactive, um, far less like frenetic when he yeah. forces that quiet into his life. That's good. Yeah. That's something that I need to hear too. I think I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Like I, like I love people, but I cannot love people well if I don't first get in those quiet moments by myself. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. I, I called it a high capacity extrovert or introvert. Then I talk about it in the book as an ambivert where you, you carry characteristics yeah. of both. Um, I, I do believe that you, we all have different spots on that spectrum of that continuum between introvert and extrovert, but all that matters, no matter where you stand, is is your is your soul at rest? And if it's not, you need to add quiet in, period. Doesn't That's matter. Right. Doesn't matter where you fall in the continuum. Well, I have a practical for people listening. If they're like, hey, I want to start doing this. Maybe you need to be kept accountable. I'm going to brag on you for a second. You have a companion now to your book that released last year. Um, it's a 90-day guide for creating habits of rest and finding those little pockets of emotional health just for some you time, some stillness like we're talking about. And it's genius how you set this up for it being 90 days, but it's kind of like a planner and a journal. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to hear your purpose behind setting it up this way because there's yeah. got to be a purpose. Well, it's exactly what we're talking about. It's for the introvert and the extrovert. It's for the planner and the contemplative. I mean, some people are like, I'm planner. I'm a planner person. The other person's like, oh, I just am emo and I write in my journal all day. <laughs> um, I tend to be... Um, uh, in both categories, I feel like I fall in the right and left brain hemisphere of my brain, just depending on what I'm doing, what the task is at hand, whether it's writing or building a company or whatever. Um, and so I, I do think health, health is not living in an extreme. It's, it's, it's bringing the best of both to the table. So yes, we are supposed to plan our days. You can't, you can't actually create order if you don't have a plan or an actionable guide to get you there. Um, so you got to make a plan and work the plan, but you also, um, the reason why I do a journal every day is you still have to listen to the heart respond to the plan. Like what's, what did the rhythms create in you? You know, like yesterday when you tried them, what, what made you frustrated? What made you mad? What did, what did you accomplish or not? Did that make you feel defeat or shame? Are there in the connect rhythm people that you need to forgive? You know, um, it's still examining the heart because, out of the heart, the mouth speaks and the heart health, um, is, is contingent on our emotional health. Um, and so the, the journal itself just helps you examine the heart and it helps you know your motives. It helps reveal your blind spots. It's part of your healing journey. And then the rhythms are a part of walking that in a sustained pace. So to me, both were needed and necessary. Yeah. You've said this, you're like, it's not a to-do list, but rather an undo list. And I thought, genius. Mm. Yes. We have too many people. I I think just too many voices, like you were saying earlier, noise that is trying to convince us of what to do with our time and how to spend it. But I think there's only one that we need to be listening to that knows the best plan and has the best direction that I think if we, yeah, took the time to make some margin and make some room for that voice in our life, I think that. One, we could feel more productive, but then two, we could do it with genuine joy mm-hmm. and grace for ourselves and for others, the process, all of it. So yeah, I'm here for it. I love it. I'm here for it. Where can people find this planner in your book? Sure. Let's say they wanted to grab two. Yeah. Where could they find that and you online? 
Yeah, I have a bundle. You can get them both for a discount on my website if you want. It's RebeccaLyons.com, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S.com. I have to spell it because it's spelled differently. Uh, (laughs) But yes, I do think it's a wonderful kind of combo gift for somebody for Christmas if you are thinking through you know, somebody who wants to establish this new year, new rhythms, um, because only about 20% of people who make resolutions keep them. But rhythms is not like, a it's not a race. It's, you know, it's this very intentional um, move towards transformation that happens one small step at a time so that you, you can, you already eat every day. You already sleep every day. You already have relationships in your life every day. And you already do some sort of work with your hands every day. Yeah. So it's more about how do you do those things with intention? How That's how good. could just tweaking the way you approach those four categories literally bring flourishing? Amen. This is going to make a great Christmas gift. I can already see it. Also, a great thing just to go ahead and set yourself up for, for those new intentions, because I think everyone walking into a new year, especially walking out of 2020, is ready for some, ready for some new intentions, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> new things, new things. Okay, one last question before we leave. It's one of our favorites to ask. What is something that you are loving these days that you have to share with the people? Mm, that's good. Goodness. Um, hmm. I mean, I just, I'm loving, well, I'm loving Beauty Counter because I'm all about trying to do everything clean this year. Yes, um, love that. So I just love kind of more natural makeup and clean products and stuff like that, whether it's things I'm consuming or things I'm using, um, as far as, you know, food versus, you know, products. And then I'm, I'm loving, um, a book of liturgies called every moment holy by Douglas McKelvey. I got it two years ago for Christmas. I probably read it at once a day. And it's just, uh, just a, a, a book for just the everyday prayers and practices of your life, like a liturgy for the morning coffee or liturgy for changing diapers or which I don't do. There thing. was literally one that was like for spending, for like splurging and spending or something I know. like that. There's one, there was one um, I read, I think it was last night or the night before that was um, for bringing in the Christmas season, you know? So I read that to my Rhythms for Life community. Oh, oh that's one thing. If somebody's interested in um, this Rhythms for Life community we've created, it is a monthly coaching learning community. And so um, each week I go live for about 30 minutes and just kind of share an insight, a a teaching, an application. Um, And so the other day I did read the, you know, how to welcome the Christmas season. I don't know. I just, I like when other people put language to things I'm feeling and haven't been able to process yet. I think that's kind of the gift of a writer. Um, and like I might, maybe I do that for others, but certainly before I ever do that, somebody's already done that for me. And I think our art, like our art is always inspired by somebody else's art. So, um, so this is one of those, um, books that does that for me. So brilliant. We will put all of this in the show notes and more and where to find Rebecca online. So if you guys are just as obsessed as I am, you can join the squad, join the team. Love it. Rebecca, I am so grateful for your time today and all the wisdom that you shared with us and just pray that people start being intentional and finding new rhythms in their life. Thank you, friend. Appreciate you having me. You're awesome. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.